Welcome to School Biz Chat with Kim Cranston, OASBO Executive Director. Each episode of this podcast is dedicated to discussing events and issues that affect the people who are in the business of supporting students. Now, let's take a few minutes to see what's going on in the school business world. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this edition of School Biz Chat. So today, I am pleased to welcome Jeff Fair, who is the Assistant Superintendent for Finance and Operations in the Fairview School District in Illinois, which is in Skokie, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. So one of our colleagues just across the state line to discuss a topic that is near and dear to many of us, and that is figuring out how we do this whole work, life, life, work thing. So Jeff, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And before we get into the topic, would you mind telling our folks just a little bit about you? First off, Kim, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been in this role, or at least in the world of school business, for the last 13 years. I finished up my graduate studies at Northern Illinois University after doing my undergrad at Illinois. I was actually in a completely different profession previously. I was in sports marketing and the writing world, trying to make my break in that world. And it was it's very tough environment to be in. So I decided to go back in and go back into the education world. Well, while I was getting my or trying to get my teaching degree, I, I had a family friend tell me, uh, well, have you looked at school business? You have a business background and you're interested in schools. Have you thought about doing school business? I said, I didn't even know they existed. So sure enough, I did the graduate work at NIU and got a job, thankfully, right when I got out of college. And I've been in the same role for the last 13 years, which is you know, some people are, are, are questioning, oh, you're still there? I'm like, yeah, because it's it's kind of like a second home. So it's uh, it's been a great experience and I, I love I love coming to work and I love the work-life balance it affords me. I love that path. It's always interesting to me how people in these positions, because a lot of folks just assume someone got an MBA and then they came over to school finance or the other is they started out in the teacher, principal, role moved up. So I always think it's fascinating to see how people got to where they are. So now, how did you start talking, writing, presenting, discussing this topic of work-life balance? So that's a very, very good question. It was, it's, I got pushed in the deep end of presenting from, by Dave Bine, who's the current president of IASBO. Good guy. Yeah, you know, Dave is, Dave is someone I consider a mentor and now a good friend, thankfully. He was the chair of our PDC back when I was in my second year, and he just wrote my name down to present at a conference. And I, it wasn't on work life, but I just, after that first experience presenting, I realized that there was a number of topics that I was interested in that I could present on. So not a, it was uncomfortable the first time. I was not shy talking in front of people, and I'm definitely not short on words. So I realized it was something I could possibly do. The work-life thing came in from three different components. And I use this in a presentation I give too, but one is my family. My wife is a school psychologist and she works in the education world and also is a uh, volleyball coach, girls volleyball coach. So our falls are dominated by volleyball right now. We have three kids under the age of seven and we are both perpetual hand raisers. So we love doing things and we love being busy. So the balance part of that comes into play. Second one is my superintendent who, again, I'm thankful to call a good friend now who I've been working with for 13 years. That is something that she takes pride in, allowing our staff to have that balance between work and life and realizing that the personal life comes first. 
And having that in the back of your head, knowing that your your boss thinks that way makes you work harder too. It makes me want to do a good job and, and do well by her. It's a good, I think it's a good example of leadership. And the third component of that is uh, this family friend actually turned out to be my father-in-law eventually. He was on a school board and he's the one that suggested the uh, career because he thought it would give me, I think that the thing that bothered me about being at sports marketing previously was I'd have to be at every game for a team. I'd be entertaining clients. I'd have all this stuff. And I was just, it was exhausted. And I, as much as I loved being in the sports world, it wasn't what I wanted out of a career. I wanted to make some kind of difference, but at the same time, have a life and find an avenue to explore different passions that I had. And he said, well, if you're interested in schools and you want to give back and you want to be mentally challenged, you want to have that community feel, and you also want to have a family and do all these things, I think this would be a great profession. From people I've talked to within the industry, I think it'd be a great profession. And it turns out it was it was a great fit. Now, this goes back to the age-old adage. I don't think any of us, if you asked us all, are, are living our 100% passions right now. There's always that advice that say, find a career, find a passion. But it's really about finding a fit, a way to find a, find a career that fits all of the interest and all the things that you want to do, or at least aim as close to perfect as, as possible. So that's where the interest in work life came from. And as I research it, it's become a, a bigger issue for me as my kids have gotten busier, life gets busier, life never slows down, and it's trying to navigate everything. So in researching it and writing about it and presenting on it, it's sort of like a, a release for me, but I also want to help people because I know every, everyone's going through the same type of thing but not everyone necessarily talks about it. I'm gonna come at you from two perspectives and you can figure out which one you wanna address first. So let's do the first one is this whole post pandemic. People, it seems what I have experienced and I read about caused people to really examine how much time they were willing to devote to work. They had an opportunity to really reflect, think about that. And that has carried over now after the lockdown, people are saying, I'm going to draw some boundaries here that maybe I didn't draw. So have you reflect a little bit about that? And then I'll make it personal. As a baby boomer workaholic, I always tell people there is no balance for me. I've been out of balance my entire career. So any suggestions, tips for um, people like me who say, yeah, work is life, life is work. That's just how it is. So whichever one you want to go to first, mm -hmm. this whole thing about now that we've emerged, you know, after the pandemic, I do think people are approaching things differently. And then what do you do with some of us that it's, I just said, I just don't even think it's possible. So there you go. <laughs> well, you know, one of the major tenants that, and this is, I'll answer the second one first, is that I hate, I don't like using work-life balance. It's more like harmony or, or rhythm. I like that. It's personal to everyone. It's not the same for everybody. So if you're not, I mean, if you're not concerned about your health or you're, you're, you're mentally, you're feeling good and like, then I can't tell you what, what is the right balance or not. It's not, it's really about doing your own, being self-aware about your own needs and doing your own self-reflection as to what, what that balance is for you. So to, for me to sit here and say, listen, Kim, I think you've got it all wrong would just be, it would not be, it would not be right. You had, you were the only one that can control that. And I think a lot of people are looking for this silver bullet answer to how do I balance everything? We, it's, it's, it's a constant work in progress. And it's a, it's, you can test things out, you know, test out certain habits, test out certain systems that, that make your life a little bit easier. 
but to to live in someone else's shoes and, and tell them what the right balance is extraordinarily difficult. Now, I grew up with, you know, people in my life that were the same, that had the same mentality about that workaholic work all the time. And listen, I am not saying that I I would not like to work all the time, but at the same time, I don't I don't want to shirk any of my responsibilities at home because those are important to me. I don't want to say, oh no, I have to work 60 hours this week, but that forget forget the family component. No, it's 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 unique to everyone. So I, I know that's not it's a non-answer answer, Kim, but hopefully I made sense with that. I actually appreciate that because I do think that's one of the problems sometimes with all the self-help books and gurus mm-hmm. trying to give this formula for everyone. And I think you nailed it. It is very personal. Having said that, I I will confess I am. It is that thing where I, like I said, I'm out of balance. I've been this way forever. A lot of people say, yes, Kim is unbalanced. And it is that not taking a mental break or taking a vacation or doing some things to fill my bucket, refresh, regroup, all of that. It's knowing it and doing it are two different things. It's the same thing as is doing things like delegating. I feel like a lot of people in in our positions have trouble doing that because we like to control. And it's not that we don't trust other people. It's it's more of a control thing. And I have I have real trouble delegating. I trust everyone I work with. I trust the people below me. I trust, but it's just a problem I have. And it's for you to be self aware enough to know what your your shortcomings are and from my shortcomings are. I mean that's that's the first step really. So I, I think I think with all those self-help books, I think they're selling them as a, as one. This is what you have to do. I think there should be a disclaimer in all of these things that says this is not the definitive answer. And we're all trying to figure this damn thing out. So we don't none of us know that none of us know the right answer. I mean, that's the I have a I have a picture on my desk that says it's the what I know circle. And the biggest circle in the concentric circles is things I don't know. Like people need to admit that they don't know everything and it's a constant work in progress. So I know I know with these presentations, with these topics, you want to come across as an expert. But I like to lay it out there, guys. I'm figuring out, too. I'm just happy to have you all along for the journey. Let's all figure it out together. Back to the covid thing. I don't know. It was you know, it's tough because I think when it wasn't in a static environment. So I think it's tough to assess. You had all these people reacting to the situation when they were thrown off kilter because when we all move from on-site to remote that's i don't know if that's necessarily the right time to be reevaluating your 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 choices because it's not the same as when you come out of it and you're going to be back and say oh what did i do i think it's important to constantly reflect on where you go because develop self-development isn't linear like you're going to take journeys far and wide and you're not going to like you Six months from now, you may be into something that you never knew you'd be inter- interested in. I just think that the um, the COVID thing was a, a thing that made everyone's eyes open up a little bit more. And maybe was that wake up call for some people. For myself, I mean, it, it wasn't necessarily that because I feel like I was just trying to get school open and we were trying to do, th- <laughs> do things related. I didn't have much time to think about it. Plus, we had three kids at home and that was not so. I, I do think it was a, I think it was more of a wake up call than anything else. I think we go through in that static environment in life every day and you're not really taking the time to evaluate where you where you are and what you want to do. But when you're thrown off kilter like we all were now, that then was that time to do that. 
So I really appreciate what you've said about this being deeply personal and that it's a journey and we are continually reflecting. So having said that, through your research and as you continue to look at all of this, do you have just a few tips you offer to people as we do reflect and we try to figure out? So if someone says, I, I am just, I'm stressed, I'm overwhelmed, I need to figure this out. Um, because we've got people at every stage on this journey. So have you found some things that you've said, okay, this is helpful to think about, or this is helpful to consider? I think the first step in any of this is, or the first two steps in any of this is becoming really good at time management, really good at establishing your priorities. Once you're able to do those two things fairly well, a lot of the rest of it figures itself out. Time management is another thing that I've, I've written about and, and spoke on before. I just think it's very difficult for some people to manage their time because there is such an overwhelming amount of information out there. You're always connected. You can't get away from anything now. I mean, it was a lot easier 20, 25 years ago. Cell phones, internet, it, made, it makes it a lot easier now to all, always be tethered to work. So setting, setting boundaries and prioritizing what needs to get done and managing your time in a way that says, this is work time. This is family time. This is time I have to, to where I can get things done. Once you can do those two things really well, everything else can fall into place. Now, it's it's prioritizing with that time things like self-care, taking a, a exercise, doing things that you're, that you're passionate about, whether that is. And I've, I've talked a little bit before. I, I enjoy writing. I enjoy sports. Doing these things. If you don't manage your time well, you're not able to find time for all that stuff. And if you don't prioritize well, well, oftentimes you're left scrambling to do things that you should have done before that then is taking time away from other things that you want to do. So the time management prioritization are the two kind of major tenets of of having good uh, work balance, work life balance. So when I was in college, I was involved with a group that had us record. We had a chart for 24 hours a day. And it was just a self-assessment to just see where we were spending our time. And I can remember looking at that after doing it, I think we're supposed to do it for a week. And then just just to see where is, because we were all, I laugh now in college thinking we were so busy and had no time to do anything. And once you started doing that, it really helped you to see because we all get the same amount of time. Everybody gets the same 24 hours. It's what we do with it. Have you ever done anything like that? Or have you ever participated or shared for fun? I do think it's it's interesting when you see where the time really goes, because I think it tells you what your priorities are when you look at that. Yeah, so I have done that. And I, I encourage people to do the same thing. The time I, I laugh because I remember the same thing with college. I remember, oh my God, I'm so busy. I really wasted so much time in college. It's ridiculous. I mean, if I was managing my time in college like I managed now, I probably would have gotten my doctorate in like three years. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've done that before, and I did that actually shortly before having my first uh, child, just because I'm, I'm like, how are we going to make this work? How we, and you just kind of make it work when you're in it, and any any right. parent with kids knows that you just kind of make it work. Like I was freaking out that I didn't read the last book the parenting book that I had on my nightstand when my son was born, doesn't matter. It's more about managing your time. That, that becomes then your priority. So then your, the rest of your time fills in behind that. Uh, so I've done the, the time study. I've also done a technology audit 
which I think is oh. so you take a week you every piece of technology that you use during that week just keep a notebook with you you know I spent this time this much time on the internet I use this app I use this app I use this app so I did that and I probably had what 70 to 80 apps on my phone well in that week wow. just like regular apps you download right, right, right. I probably use like 15 of them so then why are the other ones on there? It's just a way, it's just drawing your attention away from certain things. You'll also catch yourself, you know, everyone falls down an internet rabbit hole now and then, because you have the answers. I'll be watching a movie and say, oh, wait a minute, I've seen that guy in another movie before. 25, 30 years ago, I'm not going through the encyclopedia to look up what, what movie he was in, but now just look it up online. It's right there. But there's no need to do that. That is just your mind going way too fast. You're always, you always know that the information is right there for you. And that causes this overload that can make you feel overwhelmed, can make you feel anxious, and then send you into some kind of spiral. But like that, that prevents the balance from ha happening. It causes this, the technology, um, as much as the advancements have helped us, like we wouldn't be doing this right now. This, is, right. this makes it very easy for us to do. But there's also these distractions out there that then take time away from other things. So doing a technology audit and a time audit, I think, are very are pretty important to having good both time management and setting up that work-life balance. Well, I love that. So Jeff is going to be presenting at ASBO's ACE next week. So if you're listening to this in real time, I want to give a plug for Jeff and encourage you to go to his session. And Jeff, I appreciate you being here today and sharing your thoughts and just having us think through this a little bit. And for reminding us, I think most importantly, Nobody does have this completely figured out and it is a journey and it's personal and it's something that I think requires some discipline and some real effort. It's mm -hmm. not it's not just going to happen to us. We've got to be a participant in making this work in our lives. So I appreciate your thoughts and I want to thank all of you for joining us for this edition of School Biz Chat. If you enjoyed it, be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. Until our next time, take care. We'll be chatting. This has been School Biz Chat with Kim Cranston. New episodes are released on the second and fourth Fridays of each month. If you have topics you'd like to be covered in the future, send Kim an email at kcranston at moasbo.org.